Hey, true sex and wild love listeners. I don't know about you, but I'm very, very fussy about what I put on my face, what I put on my vulva, and what I put in my vagina. And that is why I was so excited when I learned about a company called Living Libations. What is it? It's a luxurious Canadian line of pure source, raw, organic, and botanical beauty care, intimacy lubricants, raw chocolate, oh my God, so delicious, and holistic oral care products that you can use after you eat the chocolate. Oh my gosh, I love this stuff. First of all, it was created by Nadine Artemis, who calls herself a beauty philosopher, which I love. She's the author of Renegade Beauty and Holistic Dental Care. And she has an incredible philosophy. They use essential oils and their products are highly concentrated. They preserve purity, space, and resources by offering full potency products without any fillers, no diluters, no artificial colors, and no petrochemicals because ick. I don't want that stuff on my face or in my vajay for sure. I love so many of the products uh, that I'm using of theirs. My favorite might be this rose cream, which you can put on your lips. You can put on your cheeks. I kind of spread some on my arms sometimes if I want a little rosy glow. It smells delicious and it feels delicious on your skin. But I am obsessed, completely obsessed with their product called Languid Love Butter. Only living libations could make this. This is a lube that smells and tastes so good and is made with ingredients, wait for it, that you can eat, okay? Because I'm not putting anything on my vulva or on my vagina that I wouldn't put in my mouth, okay? Just trust me, you're going to just love these products. Look, synthetic lubes are often just kind of momentary moisturizers or like petal plumpers. You know, they're only offering you a very temporary lubrication. And often uh, those ingredients of kind of drugstore lubes actually uh, dehydrate your vulva and your vagina. And we don't want that. On the other hand, Living Libations has this organic petal passion serum, they call it. And that sort of lubricates your spaces and soothes you using ingredients that you wouldn't be scared to put in your mouth. And they're ingredients that you can pronounce. There's something really great about that. I'm obsessed and I think you will be too. And here's some really great news about Living Libations and their incredible product line. Just go to livinglibations.com forward slash TSWL and use the code TSWL and you can get 20% off. Hey, that means that you can buy an extra pot of Languid Love Butter and you can send it to me. All right, Wednesday, we're finally back. We took a little bit of a break, you know, during the holidays, but here we are. We needed a break. And who knew that we would be preparing ourselves mentally for what's going down now? 
Oh my God. Good Lord. I can't, I don't even know where to begin with that, but I'm so excited that we're bringing back the episodes back. We have some really great topics and we're kicking it off with one of our favorite girls, Katie Ellis. We're starting back hard with Katie Ellis, who is so interesting. We've had her on the show before with her husband, Jason Ellis, but we knew we had to get Katie on on her own because she shines in a special way on her own. And we talked about bullying. We talked about stepmothering. And what else did we talk about? Yeah, we talked about how she, you know, supports Jason when he came out as bisexual. And now she's running the entire Jason Ellis show ever since Sirius let him go. And we also talk about something that I'm very excited about personally. Her, her OnlyFans. Only That's right. I knew you would know it. <laughs> Yay. You guys are going to love Katie Ellis if you don't know her already. So enjoy the listen. Wednesday, we haven't been able to record a podcast in a hot minute. It's been a hot 20 minutes and I have missed you so much. Gosh, I've missed you so much too. And I love that we're kicking it off with someone that we just adore. We can't, we can't say enough good things about her. It would be impossible to have the airtime to say enough things and how much we love Katie Ellis. Hi, Katie. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, you guys. I'm blushing. I'm glad this is not on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. Are you kidding me? We're so hot. Uh, oh, thanks, girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> high, high praises coming from you for sure. Everybody could see all your tattoos and your tush. I always um, <laughs> go on um, Katie's Instagram and then I always post something about how cute her ass is. And then I'm like, I wonder if that's okay. <laughs> I love that. When it's coming from women, I love it so much more. If it's like a dude, I'm always like, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. We know each other. So I feel like I can comment when you like have a photo on Instagram when your post is your ass. Yeah, could, absolutely. Okay. I'm literally asking for butt compliments at that point. <laughs> <laughs> what is with some people who are like, oh, you can't believe she posted an ass photo. Like who cares? It's an ass photo. I don't understand what the big deal is. It looks great. Why don't you just give her the ass compliment that she's clearly looking for? Or just go away. Exactly. Or, or just, just go, go away. away. <laughs> Do you get a lot of that, Katie? Do you get a lot of people saying, "Why are you posting this?" Or do you get trolled a lot? Um, you know, every now and then I will, but I'm so hefty with the block button that I, people don't really. I it, it's it's not that often that I get a shitty comment, and it, depending on my mood, I'll I'll talk to them and be like, "Huh." That that was that was kind of rude. That felt like it was coming from a hateful place. Like, do we need to look within? What's happening? <laughs> it yeah. really throws people off. I do the same thing. I do the same thing, particularly when I get just just hate. It's yeah. like, okay, let's let me. What what is it? That, what is actually really bothering you about this? Like, what's going on here? Like, just getting curious about what's going on in their mind to make them just spew some hate because you know that they're in a shitty place. They have to be. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, can you imagine taking time out of your day to go on a free app that you you, you used to, like, look at when you're on the toilet and just like, shit all over somebody? And what about the really super long posts? I get some super long posts about how, like, those data are wrong. Here's what I experience. This is my experience for, like, a really, really long time. And, and I'm always like – 
that's great that that's your experience. I'm just trying to talk to like show most people like what mostly the data shows to help them, but the long, long, long angry posts are weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it feels like they're doing some work on themselves at that point. (laughs) Like it doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. It's like when you write a letter when you're mad or like write an email, I guess. And then, you know, you read it a couple times and think about it and then end up deleting it. I feel like that's what those people are doing, but like publicly. But they're not deleting it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, my favorite comment, Katie, that you ever made on your Instagram to a hater was somebody said something hateful and you just posted, did you hit your head? (laughs) (laughs) That is such a good response. I might have to steal that. (laughs) I'm laughing. That's excellent. I don't even remember posting that. She doesn't even remember, Whitney. It's just like a throwaway remark for her. Meanwhile, I filed it away, wrote it up, (laughs) copied it, pasted it. I love that. Well, we Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, you just really got to take that kind of stuff with a grain of salt because, you know, like like I just demonstrated, I'm not thinking about that person, you know? Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't let it affect your day-to-day because they're, they're probably not going to think about you either. <laughs> right. 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 But, you know, I want to segue to your OnlyFans. You recently started an OnlyFans account. Yes. That's amazing. I'm so happy that you did that. Thank you. You know, I actually had been wanting to. I set up the account like a year ago or something, which I feel bad about because I was like, I'm going to do it. And then it came down to, you know, uh, Devin, Jason's daughter, who at the time I think was 14, 13 Mm. or 14. Um, And so he, of course, he's like, I'm going to talk to Devin and make sure that, you know, she wouldn't be bothered by this because I, you know, I'm not new to sex work. I've done nude modeling on the internet since I was 19. Uh, I used to do uh, cam shows, you know, like, come on, my butthole is on the internet. It's <laughs> no surprise. Like, I, unfortunately, you know, people, kids do find it. And so Jason's kids are aware of it. My stepkids are aware of it. Right. So he he went to Devin to, to make sure that she'd be fine with me doing it again. And she said, oh, my God, I would be so embarrassed. My friends will make fun of me at school if they find out. So, of course, respectfully, I never posted anything to my OnlyFans. I had just created the account and sat on it. But then, you know, Jason uh, was recently let go from SiriusXM out of nowhere after 15 years you know um his contract was up during the pandemic while we were already like broadcasting from home and locked down for months so they kept just giving him extensions for his contract and we're like okay they're obviously like sorting out their finances there's no way we're going anywhere because we're cranking out content you know right 15 years deep and then uh thanksgiving break on our on our day off, he he got a phone call from HR and his boss, and you know they were like, "It's nothing personal. It's just not in the budget, and we're not going to sign your show again." So obviously, that was a total shock, and we both sort of went into like panic mode. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "Fuck it, I'm doing my OnlyFans." <laughs> you For know? sure. I mean, like, you have to figure things out at that point, and I can only imagine how that 
felt for you guys? Because you guys just got a new house too on the west side, right? Yeah, yeah. We just moved. I mean, we're renting. And so we moved to the beach. Um, we're in Hermosa Beach now. It's fucking awesome. Um, this place had been sitting empty for like seven months. So we did get a, a good deal on it, on the rent. But that was also with a certain budget that we had. Yeah, you got to pay the rent. And yeah. With the big Unfortunately. <laughs> I know. Unfortunately. God damn it. Ugh. Okay. I want to go back to something else, too, that's really interesting to me as a person who has stepkids. And Whitney has had stepmom figures, right, Whit, in your life? Uh, yeah. I've had a stepmom in my life since I was three. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. I want to go mm-hmm. back to the stepmom, Pete. Oh, you know, I, I wanted to say, like, I don't identify as a stepmom. I don't know if you do, Katie. I just identify as, like, I married a guy who has kids. And yeah, was, that's, that's yeah. how I feel about that, it. <laughs> okay. So I'm so interested that when you wanted to start your OnlyFans, your stepdaughter had the uh, the hand there to say yes or no. I just My question is, like, how would anybody know what's on your OnlyFans unless they subscribe to it? And like, so it's just, it's just a funny thing because it's like, she would be embarrassed. So there's that whole step family dynamic there. And then there's, but, but hold up only how, how would her friends know what's on it unless somebody in their family subscribed, right? Or was the embarrassing thing just that you were on OnlyFans? I think, well, she had said at one point that, um, you know, the shitheads at her school take their parents' credit cards and sort of run whatever game they want. So I think Uh, that that would happen because she's uh in high school now. Right, right. So probably that would happen, but definitely just the fact that people could find my my page. You know, you can't see anything, but Mm -hmm. just the fact that it exists, they could be like, Ha ha. <laughs> There's your stepmom. Ha ha. Like, your stepmom's hot and brilliant and knows how to make a buck. I I, I, I know. I know. It's like, what really, what really is the shame there? But the funny part, the great part is now, so quickly kids change. She's 15 and she doesn't care at all. She thinks it's really? fine. She thinks it's great. I, I saw this, I saw this um, post on Instagram that somebody had made. I can't even remember it specifically, but it was something to the effect of, you know, women, girls that are women that do OnlyFans are great. Women that don't do OnlyFans are great. You know, just like being in support of women. And I saw that she had liked that post uh. on some random feminist account. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, so Devin is on board with at least women having an OnlyFans. Like she's not offended by it. But right. then when we did talk to her. She she was on board with me having one too. So that that was a big relief to me because, you know, I, I know I'm not like her parent per se, but I still care what she thinks. And, you know, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want anything I'm doing to negatively impact her life in any way. Right. Of course. Well, I'm just thinking about how I, um, my whole life is about sex ed and sexuality and like posting photos of me with my feet over my head to show women the clitoris. And, <laughs> and I, and I have a 19 year old and a 13 year old and I, I would not, I mean, you know, I think it's different if you're a stepmom. you have to be, there's this way in which for me, at least I used to be more careful about my stepdaughters, um, Whereas with my own kids, I'm like, suck it up. This is what mommy does for a living. 
but I, I know what you mean. Like I kind of, uh, was more, um, I was more cautious around my stepkids. I didn't want people to think that I was a bad stepmom. I didn't want to, I didn't want to jinx my relationship with them. Maybe cause it's, you know, as you said, Katie, they're not our kids. So maybe it's a relationship that, uh, we don't, we pay special attention that we don't want to make it wobble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think so. Especially because it's, it's such a delicate balance like your position in their life to begin with because you know you you married their dad (laughs) so you're obviously in 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 their minds in some weird way you're in competition with their mom even though you're absolutely not you know their relationship ended that's it has nothing to do with me (laughs) but you know the stepkids are always you know they're gonna favor the mom and and they're always gonna have to in in some small way sort of demonstrate to you that um that you're not as important as that person and I totally get it and it's fine (laughs) it's just you know it's it's a different dynamic and man sometimes it it can hurt your feelings if you're not careful yeah I would love to know how that process, you know, was for you. Like, did you guys have to go through some challenging, you know, points to where it seemed like maybe they just hated you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, I mean, sort of, maybe, maybe for like small moments, not hate, but there was definitely some odd resistance here and there. Um, When I started dating Jason, his kids were, I believe Devin was maybe just turned seven. And Tiger had just turned three. So, you know, these are, these are small kids. So Mm -hmm. I I, I was, I was daddy's friend, you know, when they would come over and I would be there, I was just his friend, you know, we weren't like affectionate in front of them beyond like what friends would be. But I mean, kids aren't stupid. (laughs) At one point we were, we were driving somewhere in the car and out of nowhere, Devin goes, I don't want a stepmom. (laughs) <laughs> just like, I sort of froze up because it's like we just started dating I don't know that I want to have kids you know like whoa I don't know how I feel about you either okay <laughs> look we have mutual fi- mutual feeling here <laughs> exactly I was like whoa me neither Devin uh <laughs> awkward I sort of just like looked at Jason out of the side of my head like um what am I supposed to do and he looked like he didn't know what to do (laughs) (laughs) right I think that sums up like being a couple starting out with kids from previous relationships like for me what just exactly what you described just sums it up so well like nobody knowing exactly what to say to the kids and then nobody knowing how to handle it when the kids just out with shit (laughs) because it's delicate, right? I mean, I literally wrote a book about it, Katie, like, because I found it so hard. And, and I, um, because I just, I struggled when, when my stepkids said stuff like that. It sounds like you didn't struggle as much, but I really was like, when they said like, you're not my mom or like, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, I, I couldn't, I didn't, it took me a long time to get to the point where that didn't hurt me. But I think it was because of my husband, you know, he never really stuck up for me in the beginning. He never in the beginning said, look, you don't 
have to love her, but Wednesday's here to stay. And I hope eventually you'll like her, but it's okay if you don't, but you, you know, you can't, you can't be nasty. And I, so I think that, I think like the parent in the equation for the couple has probably has a lot of power, but it's just so hard to know. There's not a lot of roadmaps. Whitney, what happened with you in your stepmom experience? I hated my stepmom. I mean, everybody hates their stepmom. Like to the to the extreme. Like we just could not get along whatsoever. And she was in my life for a long time. They got married when I was three, I think. Um, and they ended up getting divorced. And I was I couldn't be happier. I was like <laughs> I was like throwing a party that they were getting divorced. Um, and then they took How some time. How old were you when they divorced? I don't know. I was still pretty young. I was definitely still pretty young. A few years into it, I would have to ask my parents now, looking back. Um, they're actually now back together. So they they got married when I was young. They got, when I was three, for however long, a few years, I think, got divorced. And then she came back in the picture when I was in high school. Um, and I think at that point, we had both, both of us had matured a bit, you know, and and for me, it was like, okay, well, obviously my dad is is happy here. So we let a lot of the things that happened in the past go. And now we have a great relationship. Now it's amazing. And they actually got remarried within the past, you know, uh, since I was in college. So I don't remember how many years ago, five, six, seven years ago or something like that. And now it's great. Now it's just like, okay, you know, you guys have been together at this point with a break there in between for almost 25, 27 years or something. So You're as like, long as they're happy, they're, I'm I'm okay with it. But man, growing <laughs> up in that was just a complete shit show. Like I was the worst stepchild and I think she was the worst stepmom. And we just put them together and it was an explosion every single day. <laughs> oh, no. oh, man. <laughs> I, I feel it. What, what was it, Whitney? Did you just feel like you're not my mom or she was intrusive or – I think it was everything. You know, you're not my mom. Um, I felt I felt competitive. Like she was trying to tell me what I needed to do. Um, I didn't really trust her. You know, there was a lot of like drinking going on, um, and so it was just it was a it was a recipe for for a perfect disaster. Um, all of the things was happening. <laughs> all of the things. But I love how now you're like, you know, you've been together 27 years. I'm letting it go. <laughs> yeah, that's when it's just like what, I, whatever. I also think I was just, you know, I was, I had a lot of anger issues when I was a kid. I would have these big angry outbursts, and like I, I'm much more relaxed <laughs> now. And it's just like I'll say if I get irritated or upset with somebody, I'll speak my piece, but I'm not going to have this giant outburst to where you think I'm the Tasmanian devil and I'm going to burn the house down. And I think that's how I was as a child. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, I just want to treasure that part of you forever. <laughs> Me too. I'm sure it was hard for your stepmom and your dad, but. Oh, God, I can only imagine. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. It's like I don't even want to bring it up with them. You know, I'm like, let's just pretend that none of that ever happened. And we're cool, right? We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. Everything's cool. Katie, do you have, Katie, do you have a water under the bridge thing with your with their stepkids and with their husband's ex and how does it all go down? Cause it's such a modern relationship to be with somebody who has kids from a previous relationship. How do you guys handle it? 
things are honestly totally fine now. Everything is really friendly. And, you know, the kids are older. They're uh, 11 going on 12 and 15 going on 16. And everybody sort of has their roles established at this point, right? And then as far as, as far as their mom, in the beginning, I was really iced out. Her, she's really close with her parents. They live nearby, which, you know, I can't relate to. But so, you know, they would be up for like soccer games and stuff like that all the time. And her dad wouldn't even talk to me or acknowledge me along with her for the longest time. Um, It was really uncomfortable because I'm, you know, I'm just there trying to be like a part of the kids' lives. And, you know, I don't want to be at a fucking soccer game at eight in the morning either. But (laughs) here I am. Here I am. Here I am. But, you know, they, they used to, they used to try to pick apart, you know, how I dressed or, you know, um, what I look like, or am am I a bad example just for existing. Right. But Mm -hmm. with time, you know, she, she found she's in like a happy, secure relationship now. So I think she's just a lot happier in general and things are just very friendly and peaceful now, which is wonderful because I think that there was a time where, you know, there, there would just be little, little vindictive behind the scenes moves that were happening, you know, and yeah. in my role, I have, I have no control, you know, e- even with the parenting, to be honest, it always got left up to the parents. I could chime in with my opinion, but it kind of didn't matter. So I, I learned to sort of like emotionally <laughs> remove myself from the process, even as frustrating as it could be, because I would see certain mm-hmm. outcomes and be like, mm-hmm, told you, should have done it this oh, way. Just so. right. But I, again, like no no one gave me the 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 power to do anything about it. So I, I sort of kind of wash my hands of it all and I'm just like, I'll I'll help take care of them, you know, pack lunches and give advice and make them laugh but you know beyond that like I I didn't birth them (laughs) they know that I know that you know I once heard somebody describe stepmothering um as if you're not careful it's all responsibility and no authority (laughs) yes right and it sounds like you turned that around Katie like you found a way to be an ally you know what I used to do I used to I was like, how can I make this not feel so like, you know, how can I not overreach and how can I not feel um, dissed? And I I remember I was like, oh, I know what my role is. I finally figured it out after a few years. I was like, oh, I get it. My role is to say to my stepdaughter, I don't know why your parents won't let you dye your hair blue. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why we're such a drag. <laughs> and, my, yep. uh, and, and my other role is that when my husband was arguing with it, they're, they're older now. Oh God, they're so lovely and they're, they're wonderful. But when they were teenagers, they were teenagers. And I remember having another insight about my role. I was like, oh, okay. My role is that when my husband is talking to his daughter about smoking weed or smoking or whatever, my role is I just get to go take a bath and read a magazine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There we go. Yep. Let me zip it. It's such great advice for stepmoms, honestly, because I, (laughs) I used to get so stressed and like 
but, you know, want to be there for all these hard conversations and, you know, like, oh, your grades are slipping and we're all having a conversation or whatever it is. Now I'm like, you know what? I'm with you. I'm going to go take a bath. You're the fun one, right? It's like when you're a stepmom, you can be the fun one. Okay, you know what else I love, Whitney? I don't know about you, but like when I was a kid, if somebody told me that they had a stepmom, I never would have envisioned Katie Ellis. No. Awesome. Like an (laughs) MMA fighter covered in tattoos, a total inspiring activist, beautiful, smart. That's not how we think of stepmothers, but hey, that's that's what a lot of stepmothers are. Just yeah. cool, cool people. That's the funny thing, though. Kids never think you're cool. Never. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, we're, we're just, yeah, we're just, we're never gonna have it together in the right way. Okay, wait. I want to ask you about when you were a kid, Katie, because mm-hmm. you were on our podcast once before, and you talked about being bullied as a kid when you were growing up in Alaska. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I want to just talk about how out there you are. By the way, I want to thank you so much for your activism on Instagram. Um, it's so uh, inspiring that oh. you're, you know, I love it. And, and I want, And I wanted to talk about just how does that little girl who was bullied turn into the person you are, confident enough to have an OnlyFans, confident enough to not take it personally when your stepkids were littler and gave you a hard time, Conf- <laughs> confident enough to post what you post on Instagram. And then if somebody writes something stupid, post, did you hit your head? Like, <laughs> can you? I just think I want to hear about your journey a little bit. Well, I mean, I've always been like a tomboy and sort of, you know, felt weird, like a weird kid, but I, I never really like pushed against it. Like I didn't have this thing within me where I felt like I needed to be like everybody else. I was happy being me even if it was lonely because <laughs> you know I just it just felt right like when I was a when I was a little girl I wouldn't wear a swimsuit for the longest time it was board shorts and no shirt you know <laughs> like and anything feminine like dresses I hated I wouldn't wear them like it just really felt uncomfortable and I I knew that that wasn't me so I sort of always kept that spirit with me Um, you know, up until we're in Alaska, flash forward to Alaska. And I, you know, I'm a teenager, I'm really getting into punk rock. Um, I've shaved my head into a mohawk with my leg razor. Whoa, my dad got so mad at me. I mean, it looked like shit, but (laughs) it's all I had. And I just wanted the haircut. So, you know, I, where I lived in Alaska was a really small town. It's called Kenai. Um, very, very rural, very, it's a, um, right on the Kenai river. So in the summertime, we'd get a lot of tourism for people to come up and fish. But beyond that, there was not a lot going on in Kenai and a lot of, a lot of rednecks. So, you know, picture me walking from my neighborhood into town down the, the one road in town and people would throw eggs at me sometimes rocks. What? I'd I'd had like people in their trucks during breakup season. Breakup season is basically our spring when all the ice on the roads would start to melt and break apart. And you get this like gray slush on the side of the road and people would lean into it and cover me from head to toe in slushy ice water, you know, just couldn't get (sighs) any respect. (laughs) How old were you when this started happening? Um, I mean when I started like really 
trying to, you know, figure out what my personal aesthetic was and, you know, what I, I, I would always always get like hit parade or magazine. I don't know if you guys remember that at all. (laughs) Um, but I would, you know, cut pictures out from that of like people in rancid or Marilyn Manson. Those were, those were my style icons. God bless. You can imagine this was from like 13 up until, you know, present day, to be honest. Yeah. How did you cope with that? Yeah, with the bullying. I, you know, you said you were a very angry child. I was a very angry teenager. Like, I, I swear, up up until I, right when I hit puberty, it, it, it's like the, the weed of the world came crushing down on me. I was uh, resentful because we did live in Oregon. All my family was in Oregon. And my parents moved us to Alaska when I was a baby and then we went back to Oregon when I was five and then we moved back up when I right when I turned 10 so I I remembered another place yeah (laughs) a place that wasn't covered in snow and full of rednecks and terrible assholes yeah where you didn't get chased by moose (laughs) which (laughs) yes has happened many times by a moose, like a real moose, a real ass moose, an yeah. animal. Yes, <laughs> yes, they're terrifying. Like more people get killed by moose than bear. And what? Like, yes, they're mean they- and territorial, and they will literally stomp you to death. It's Whoa, so scary. So, what did you? Oh God, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I I spent a lot of my youth, you know, when it wasn't cold out, like you go. There was nothing to do but go to parties in the woods. So lots of bonfires, lots of, you know, just tromping around in the, in the forest at night. So even when you're walking home, like there's just moose in the neighborhoods and man, there was one time I was coming home from a party there was a moose in the street and I was like, I can't get around this fucking thing. Like it's just staring me down. So I went around the long back way and then there was another moose and I just couldn't go home. No escape. (laughs) I couldn't get home. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I, I I was very uh you know full of uh, anger and even even within like because my brother is like a year and four months older than me, but we're both like into a lot of the same shit. So any of the kids that were into the same stuff, we all knew each other, and I think like it kind of annoyed him to have his little sister around. So there was always this pushback even within my group of friends of you know me not necessarily being completely accepted. So yeah, I had, I had many chips on my shoulder. Well, you also just like, I'm sorry, but like, it is really funny about the moose. (laughs) You make it all funny, but like the story between the moose and the people beating you up and throwing eggs at you and covering you in ice and your brother, it's not as bad that he didn't want his little sister with him, but like, it's a spectrum of basically not feeling safe. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of that. And then when I was 16, I got into a really bad car wreck, um, driving with friends, um, from Kenai up to Anchorage. We were going to see Jello Biafra. Um, he was a singer of the dead Kennedys. I was obsessed with him. He was going to speak at the college and we were all driving up there. Um, and yeah, we got in a really bad car wreck and I broke my back. My uh, ribs broke, my lung collapsed, my spleen tore. I was in the hospital for almost a month. Like, so it just kept, you know, I kept getting darker (laughs) and more um, upset about life, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Alaska was uh, 
really, really harsh place to live. A lot of, a lot of people die up there. It sounds horrible. Yeah. I had, I had a uh, friend of mine that same winter that was murdered in his, uh, in his house. Someone came in and shot him. So I remember going to his wake and, um, I was in my back brace cause I still, you know, had just broken my back and I was like, man, my back hurts really bad. Like we should go right after we left. There was a drive by on the wake. <laughs> like what? people came and shot up the house. Um, <sighs> it was, you know, it was thought that the people that came and shot up the house were the same people that killed my friend. And you know, my friend's house who it was shot back. And I think he killed one of them. I used to have like newspaper clippings of all of this. I don't know what happened to all of it. Okay. That's a lot of fucking violence. Yeah. For for a teenage girl to be. Yeah. Yeah. You'd you'd be surprised, but I mean, people, there's a lot of suicide in Alaska too. It's a deep place. Yeah. Yeah. So I left as soon as I could. <laughs> you wanted to get out of there because there were all kinds of forms of abuse. Yes. Oh, my God. Whitney, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> no, I wasn't either. Wow. I mean, I know we, we talked a little bit about your your history on the first podcast that we did with, with Jason. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's heartbreaking. It, How, it, it pisses me off, really. It pisses me off, too. And it makes me admire you so much more that you got to this happy place. I mean, I don't want to minimize it and say, what's your secret? But it is, <laughs> but it is amazing. No, um, but for real, like all, all of this is swing. It's not just to depress you guys. Like it is to swing full circle to, you know, how, how do you have the confidence that you have? It's because I've always sort of had these obstacles thrown at me and I take on the challenge and I keep moving. Like I've always prided myself in the ability to overcome whatever situation is thrown at me. Like we moved all the time when I was a kid. So I was constantly having to like, you know, make new friends, be in a new house, be in a new neighborhood, whatever it was. Like I've always been very adaptable. And you, I mean, you're very resilient. Like it built, it built that up within you, which is a very necessary. And I think like strong trait to have. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, I'm also like, really sensitive (laughs) and very like in touch with my emotions. So it's this weird uh, dichotomy of just like trying to balance myself. (laughs) You know, I was just thinking when you were talking, Katie, about how, you know, Whitney and our are saying we're so mad that you dealt with that when you were growing up. And um, I, I think we mean it, Whitney, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) That, I was thinking about how many women out there listening just grew up with kind of the casual violence of being bullied, say, as kids, right? Or being afraid mm-hmm. that somebody was going to grab them, like a grown-up man who shouldn't grab them was going to grab them. Or like growing up in Michigan, honestly, I just thought it was a good day if I didn't get bullied, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I tell people that sometimes and they, some people absolutely can't relate, but the number of women who say, yep, absolutely. Like I, I was scared a lot growing up. I mean, God bless the women who weren't, but one of the things I love about your stories, you you know, your story of yourself, Katie, and how you tell it is that it's kind of an extreme version of what 
a lot of women experience. And I think it's why just so many women admire you so much and men too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's, 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 that's good to feel. Cause it's, it's like, um, you know, the acceptance is nice. It hasn't always been there. You know, I've that, I think that's, that's why, like when I do get the shitty comments and the pushback, I'm just like, ah, whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah. like I said, I am also, you know, we're all sensitive at our core, at least. For you sure. Know, I'm not, I'm not made of Teflon. Like there are days when, when some of those comments can really fuck with me. Oh, yeah. All right. I want to talk about sex and sexuality because yes. to me, it's so inspiring that you, I don't know if you still identify as pansexual. You did the last time I spoke with you. Yes, but I do. I love how you're out there with it. I don't know how many girls out there probably just feel so much relief because you came out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Um, before, before all the terminology and everything was, was so much more common, <clears throat> I, I was filling out <laughs> on, on this website I used to model for. I won't even say the name. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But just go to her OnlyFans Get the update. Underwear wolf on OnlyFans. Um, but yeah, on this site, it was uh, it says sexual preference. Um, and I, I thought about it for a second and I was like, mm, I don't really feel bi per se I don't know pansexual just all sexual whatever it is like I thought I <laughs> invented the term well I was just filling out this thing just because it's it rang true to me because I didn't feel like I fit into a box and I don't think people should have to feel that way Mm-mm. especially Can with you- something that abstract as your sexuality but yeah I completely agree with that with everything too mm-hmm. um can you describe what pansexual is for people who may not understand exactly what that term is? For me, pansexual is that my sexual preference is a completely wide spectrum of basically whoever, however they identify, it doesn't matter. It's just about our connection. Beautiful. I love that. (laughs) I just think it it makes total sense to me. Right. It's so straightforward. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we have a great connection. Oh, okay, perfect. Perfect, <laughs> right? It doesn't matter what you have in your pants or what, what you dress like or what haircut you have. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. So how does this play out in your marriage, Katie? Because you've been married for how many years now, you and um, Jason? Three years now. We've, we've been together for almost 10. Yeah, you've been together a long time. Oh, wow. yeah. And Jason identifies as bisexual. Yeah. I th- you know, I think he might he might be pan, too. I mean, he's yeah. not guy, but you know, he he's very similar to me in that it, you know, it's n- there's no real uh, box to tick. It's it's more about you know how he feels towards somebody. Right, right, yeah. Good good luck finding a box for you too. I know. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, whatever box that is, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun box. It can be a stressful yeah. box too, but hey. And Jason, I think, probably took a fair amount of flack as a person who's like a big skateboarder and um, an MMA fighter. I know he probably took a lot of shit for being bisexual and um, probably changed a lot of people's lives in a great way for coming out. Oh, um, my God. He he has. Honestly, like the amount of people that DM him and then hilariously enough, when I started my OnlyFans, I, I got a 
bunch of people DMing me saying that, you know, they identify as bi and they um, only, you know, only felt comfortable coming out and talking about it and owning it because of Jason, because he's so masculine and, you know, owning it. There there really isn't a, a male in any sort of media that I can think of that's like, yes, I'm bi and I'm masculine. Mm-hmm. It's usually like, this guy's bi, look at him wearing a fucking dress or what, you know, earrings or whatever. Like it's, it's, but that's, it, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you don't have to be in touch with your femininity to be attracted to the same sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you are, if you are a bisexual man, you, you love dresses and earrings and you love cross-dressing as well as being bisexual. That's great. God yeah. damn, enjoy it. And if you're a manly man like Jason, I say that in quotes and also with total respect for him as a fighter and an athlete and um, a podcaster. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Jason's a person who shows that the spectrum of being a man and being bisexual is wide, right? Like, yes. it's like back to your box thing. And how, how I'm just imagining you were probably a great example for Jason when he was thinking about coming out? I I hope so. I mean, you know, we had talked about it and, you know, he had actually tried to bring it up in the past to, to colleagues of his and they, it, it sort of got brushed off. I think that people didn't really take it seriously or they thought he was joking or, oh, he couldn't possibly be, you know, actually saying that he's kind of gay, you know, mm-hmm. because again, because it's just who can you think of one person like Jason? No. 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 Guess what? There's tons of them. Yeah. And they're man. all scared to talk about it. And they're scared to explore that part of their body. And they're scared to explore that relationship. And it's so fucking cool seeing that those people are starting to feel confident and find relationships that are, you know, true to them. I love it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he did for sure lose some fans and for sure lost some opportunities. But in in the long run, it's it's so brave and so awesome that he did that. And from what I've heard from from him and and you, it's it's there's been such an overwhelming overwhelmingly positive response though to it, to where he's just getting these beautiful messages of like, you saved my life, you changed my life. Like, thank you so much for talking about this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, think about like because he puts it like you know like think about really young people that are, um, you know, when you're younger, you don't quite necessarily have the confidence. You're maybe not even super sure of yourself. And if you hear somebody, you know, say, drop an F-bomb, you know, oh, this is a, that's a fag or whatever, like that's mm-hmm. going to hurt you so deep. You might not even want to live anymore. If you think mm-hmm. that yeah. society as a whole and people that you look up to and people that you want to be friends with that look up to these people are all in support of like hating the way that you actually are inside. Oh, so for him to, to stand up for all those people and say like, Hey, this is okay. It's, it's, right. it's, it's awesome. I'm and so for you to do it too. And for you to do it too. I think you and Jason to me really, uh, sum up that it can get better, you know, that it gets Mm -hmm. better campaign that people were doing for a while. And also um, that you were both bullied and as kids and then, you know, harangued about your sexuality and came through and then like found so much happiness together. Yeah. I don't know. There's something so amazing 
and about it and great. I'm I'm happy to to represent a success story for for all the weirdos out there that don't think that they can find anybody. <laughs> hey, weirdos! It gets better. It does. That's so true. Oh my god! <laughs> so now you are producing and doing everything for the Jason Ellis Show. Yeah, we. Oh boy, it's it's been a whirlwind. So after you know after the the firing, let's let's be real. Um, we, we had some Kevin Undergaro reached out to Jason, and he you know he's worked um, within the Hollywood world for a long time, and he honestly just wanted to help, <laughs> which is amazing because you always think like what's the catch, but there really wasn't yeah. a catch. He just wanted to help. He hooked us up with this guy that came out and built this studio in our house in like, I don't know, four days. It's got the lights and painted and it's beautiful. It looks amazing. It looks so amazing. It looks so pro. We have all the cameras and everything set up and um, we have like a camera switcher. And so now once everything was set up, they're like, all right, here's how you run it. Come here, Katie. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Cause I'm not, good. I'm not good with technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been like my strong suit. So I'm super nervous because I don't want to let Jason down. I don't want to let his show down. I, you know, I just, I'm like putting all this pressure on myself, but it's, it's been okay so far. I've been, I've been re- like running all the computers and cameras and uploading things. And it feels really good to be like, you know, self-sufficient and um, we're both nervous, you know, because people still need to download it and love it. <laughs> they will. I think they will. I think so. The, the Jason Ellis show has, has a pretty big following. It's just a matter of getting them back together and showing them where it is. But they can they can make it. They can make the trip from Sirius XM to iTunes or whatever. They're Listen, Sirius XM there. came out of, out of nowhere and fired our friend Jason Ellis. Go listen to their show on iTunes or – no, it's on Patreon. It, it, well, there's Patreon shows, and then it's also uh, on iTunes, on Spotify, on SoundCloud. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You can get it wherever you want. Yep. But Sirius SM, XM, you suck right now. You <laughs> suck. And so everybody can listen to the podcast in those places, and everybody can follow Katie on OnlyFans. I'm, yes. not, on, I'm not on OnlyFans, but I'm going on now. How do we find you on OnlyFans and oh Instagram God. before we close up here? All my social media is under the same handle, under Werewolf. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> um, Love that. What kind of – content are you posting on OnlyFans? Oh boy. Well, you know what? I was actually going to shoot with a couple of girlfriends of mine this month. And then, you know, I ended up having to run all these cameras and I had to reschedule. But for now, I've just been doing solo stuff. Um, It's, you know, I guess you would describe it as more hardcore. Like I did um, some stuff with butt plugs the other day. And then like I DP'd myself with this big rainbow dildo and like I'll do like deep. <laughs> Was it really bendy? It's yeah, it's really bendy. Got it. Yeah, it's it's a nice one. It's all silicone. <laughs> Dr. Drew gave Jason this um thing called home soap the other day. It's yeah. like a um like a little UV chamber that you can put like laptops and stuff in it. But he gave it to Jason and said, you can clean your dildos in this. 
Really? That's so handy. I know I have a dildo desanitizer, you know, so. Wait, that is so cool because I always wonder, like I always clean it, you know, I'm very good about cleaning my sex toys, Mm -hmm. but I I just feel like maybe, I don't know, I have, I don't think they always get super clean. Yeah, it's, it depends on the material. It depends on the material. Like some of them, I mean, I'm always learning new stuff. There's a great sex shop in West Hollywood called Pleasure Chest. Yeah, I love yeah. that place. It's there's everyone that works there is so helpful and knowledgeable and they just like are happy to share that information with you. You know, don't use this soap with this toy and don't use this lube with this toy and you can boil these toys. Like <laughs> there's so much you can do. Or you yeah. can UV blast them. What's that? Or you can UV blast them. Oh, I you love can this. UV blast them, yeah. I, I also wash them too, you know. But I wash mine with soap and water. It seems okay. But I'm always surprised. I'm like, wow, I'm just washing this with soap and water. That's what they told me to do. It seems I like it should, Yeah. You could put them in the dishwasher too. <laughs> put them in the dishwasher. I have Whitney, friends who do that. Whitney, will you send a photo of all <laughs> yeah. your sex toys in the dishwasher? I will I'll send you one. Katie, can we send can we get on a, a yeah. text chain? Yes, it's just not as ex- not as exciting for me to do it because I live by myself. So it's like, ooh, I open the dishwasher and there are my own dildos. But like maybe maybe someone in the family on y'all's end opened it and you could set up a little camera for me, which would be really oh, highly enjoyable. Okay. We, we have our we have our <laughs> mandate. We're not I mean, I'm Katie's pretty busy with what she's doing, but I, Katie, we need yeah, that's what we need. You need to send up set up a camera trap. That would be really funny. <laughs> Oh my god, it'd be really funny. Like anyone listening, do that for us and just record it, set it up, record it. I'll repost it. I think it'd be hilarious. I will too. Please, Uh, yeah. Dishwasher surprise. (laughs) Whenever kids see dildos and vibrators, which happened a lot in my life, they were always like, "This looks like a really fun toy," because you know they're usually like brightly colored and fun material. Oh, oh my they God. are a very right fun, toy. fun toy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're not I, wrong. I hate that we have to go, but we do. Katie, will you come back again soon, please? I will totally come back on. This is great. I love you guys. I miss you both. I'm, I'm coming to LA. Can we just stand like 10 feet apart and wave to each other outside? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Go, <laughs> to, go to Katie's OnlyFans. Thank you. And listen to the Jason Ellis Show on Patreon and iTunes and Spotify and all those good spots. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. Much love. Bye. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, it would help us a lot if you would leave a review. Yeah, leave a review, subscribe. We want to know how you guys felt about the episode. It really helps us out a lot to continue the success of the podcast and keep spreading our message.